Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. And welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. All right, guys. So I am really excited about today's episode. I know I say that all the time, right? But I really, truly, generally, am really excited about all my podcast episodes, especially when I have guests on the show. It's so much fun. Um, so today I have a really special guest, Julie Platts. She is amazing. She is a nonprofit strategy consultant, and she is based in Florida. She has um, a really unique perspective on how to get deep and meaningful with her work in strategic development with nonprofits. Now, I like how she touches on a lot of her nonprofit clients, kind of like, here, can you just like put this marketing plan together or something or do this communication strategy? And she kind of says like, okay, that's great, but let's just kind of pause here for a minute and let's really figure out what you really want to accomplish with this. Let's go there first and let's go in a little deep because what you think you want might not be exactly what you need. So we really talk about how to identify pivoting in your strategies as nonprofits um, and really understanding what, how can you make your board and your um, executive director, your staff, your volunteers really work together in a cohesive manner, right? And to really take these, you know, these strategies and think about what are the actual outcomes. Let's not just go through kind of the motions, right? But let's really create real and lasting impact that's sustainable. So I love, love, love her perspective on this. The other thing she talks about, of course, I kind of dig it up because I know I got a lot of you freelancers out there and nonprofit consultants is how do you know in your own business where you should pivot, when you should pivot, what types of clients to take on, when to say no, when to say yes, all of those things. And she really gives a very interesting perspective on that as well, which I actually really resonate with. So we kind of go deep today. We kind of really talk about, uh, we don't kind of, we actually do talk about, you know, going deep in nonprofits and in your own work. So you're definitely going to want to pull your notebook and take some notes and also Send me questions if you have any, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com, just to like keep this conversation going because I think it's a really good one to have both as a nonprofit leader and as a freelance consultant. So you definitely, there's some things in here that are gems. You're going to love it. It's gold nuggets all the way. Um, and we're really going to uncover a lot. So for today's episode, all of the show notes, jump over to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 174. Um, she also, we have all of Julie's contact information there that you can definitely check out. You're going to want to um, and see what she's all about, what she's doing. You can follow her, all that fun stuff. But let's take a quick side note right now because I want to talk about our June grant 
party. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so it's so much fun in June. I had to ask my daughter, I said, it's mid-year. I want to do something really great for all the audience out there, all the you change makers. I said, what's a fun word? And she said, party. And I was like, yes, that is a word that we need to be using right now um, as we're coming near to summer and just, you know, we need to have fun, right? Um, so let's go ahead and look at that. We're having our June grant party. What's all included in the June grant party? Well, we have five podcasts going on this month. So I'm really excited. There's five Tuesdays so we got in June, so we got five podcasts. Of course, Instrumental uh, kicked off the month with Grant Research Platform. And we also have Julie Platts talking about the deep dive into meaningful nonprofit strategy and also consultancy. And on June 15th, we have me going over the grant funding forecast in 2021. We also have on June 22nd, I'm going to be talking about nonprofit strategy to kind of look at your mid-year goals and all of that. And then on June 29th, we have Mr. Sean Kosofsky coming on the show to talk about doing a Facebook fundraiser and how you can raise about 10,000 bucks in a couple of weeks. Too good to be true? Definitely tune in. So if you're not a subscriber already, you are definitely going to want to subscribe so you can get all of that goodness coming to you in June through the podcast. Also, what else do we have? Well, we have a couple of free trainings. So June 9th, I will be doing a live grant training for Instrumental. So if you want to sign up for that, definitely click over today's show notes. If you're listening to this later on and you just didn't catch that, I also have a free training with Pivot Ground on June 15th. Lots of fun. And of course, if you are listening before June 10th and 11th and want to get a live training, a two-day training with me and get a cert certificate, get a book, get all kinds of goodies, definitely jump over to the show notes today to find out more about that. And two more good things. Oh my gosh, so much fun this month. I have my nonprofit strategic planning master course, one of my three signature courses. Um, that is one of them. It is $200 off the entire month of June. You are going to want to complete that now so you can have a mid-year review and be prepared. Um, so in, you know, towards the end of the year when it's all crazy and busy and people are, you know, going to holidays, Christmas time, maybe you just take a minute then if you do the work now to kind of reflect and prepare so you can just jump into 2022 like amazing. And you can also finish off the rest of the year strong, right? Maybe there's some things that you're like, I haven't reflected to see those goals that we put in the place in the beginning of the year? Are we reaching those targets? What's happening? Do we need to pivot? Um, all of those kind of things. Um, you'll definitely want to grab that course. And for you freelancers out there, it is a great course for you to go through so you can do uh, strategic planning as a service for nonprofit clients. So that's definitely another thing that you can have up your sleeve to be able to charge for to have additional stream of income. And our finale is for the month of June, I have, first time ever, my grant professional mentorship is open. All right, doors are open. This means um, if you're interested in being a freelancer, if you're aspiring to be a freelance grant writer, nonprofit consultant, or maybe you're a newbie or you're seasoned and you want that community, my mentorship is open. And to the end of the year. So I have my the rest of 2021 open, but it will be closing, doors close, June 30th. So if you want to jump in and get master classes every month, get a Zoom meet with me in the group every month to kind of go over your goals in your business, 
um, and challenges and all of that and to really have a community, then you're going to want to jump in on that. It is not a course, but we do have, um, so it's a continual, it's like a membership, but it's a lot more. So if you want that for the rest of 2021, you are definitely going to want to have um, that community. Uh, it just really changes the business because it can feel so just like alone out there when you're working from home. And, you know, you want to be able to get those questions answered really quickly and move forward in your business. Am I charging too much? Is this a good proposal? Oh, I'm writing this grant. I have this question. All of those things. This is your community. So definitely check out today's show notes for all of the information that we've gone over. And that is our June grant I hope to see you guys on some of those things. It'll be so much fun. All right, back to the show. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and I'm here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. And in order to do that, I love to bring on experts to the show. <laughs> with me today, I have Julie Platts of Julie Platts Consulting, and you are a nonprofit strategy consultant, right? Is that correct? I love that. That is correct. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and I love this. So Julie, um, you're actually, um, we met because you joined my one of my courses as well. So it was really fun. You're in one of the Facebook groups. I love it. And you send me questions sometimes. And I got to say, I was telling you this in the green room before we started, like, I think you should be a blogger. You're hilarious. You're writing <laughs> fantastic. Like, I'm always like, oh, I got to get the popcorn out. Julie's writing. <laughs> 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 read my um my closet vlogger that I read. <laughs> oh, thank you. My emails are that interesting. I am thrilled. <laughs> Love it. They're so funny. I was like, you need to be a blogger. <laughs> but you're also an amazing nonprofit strategy consultant. And we were kind of talking about this before. So for those of um, that are listening out there that might be like, what does that even mean? Are you, do you do like, you know, do you just help with strategic planning or, you know, that sort of thing? Can you kind of like spell that out for the listeners? Yeah, definitely. So uh, strategic planning is usually um, in the nonprofit world seen as, you know, higher level, longer term, three to five year plans that maybe your board and uh, the, the executive team would create. And that's not what I, what I do. I honor those strategies. Mm -hmm. And then I work with the team on the ground who is actually working to make those strategic goals, uh, the reality. So, um, solving the immediate ongoing problems that start to, you know, crop up that where you're like, Oh no, like we're, we're supposed to be on the pathway to this board agreed plan. And I don't see a way we don't have the capacity. We don't have, um, you know, maybe the, the skilled help. We don't have the expertise. And then I get called in and work with the leadership team to, um, to really put up, not just, not just like a work plan. That sounds really boring, but we get, have really quick, agile, adaptive strategies that go deep into the systemic problems and, and start to like shore up some weak areas mm -hmm. so that uh, growth can be smooth and consistent and organic. And there's, there's a method, there's a method to it actually, because like, like children developing, uh, you can't just stick a four-year-old on a motorcycle and be like, okay, they said drive a motorcycle. You have to, there's many steps in between and you will just be like running up against constant friction if you're really 
looking at the big dogs and like, oh, they're holding this big gala event. So can we? Yes, but do are you at that life stage that they are? Do you have the network that they do? And let's let's work for something that fits you. You know that um, that is yeah made just for you and and very unique to your cause and your people. And then and then we constantly do that and solve problems all the time. And it's thrilling and exhilarating and wonderful. Oh, I love that. I love that you're looking at too, because I see that a lot with nonprofits. I'm on different boards and have been on other boards in the past as well. And you can see there's sometimes a disconnect um, between the board of directors and the staff of the nonprofit, right? And I know there's a lot of issues even with getting board directors sometimes, or sometimes they're competitive board uh, director positions and they're not connecting with the staff. Do you see that often? And what are some kind of solutions to those relationships that you might have? Yeah, yeah, there's, there is that constantly. Um, and not with everyone, actually, some, some people, especially, you know, founders and presidents have sometimes come up together, you know, in, in sort of raising each other and the organization have very deep bonds. I've seen that for sure. And then I've seen boards uh, that almost don't know the staff or the people who actually have to constantly deliver the mission. Uh, they're not, they don't really have rapport with one another. So building space where that you know, a safe space for that authenticity to be vocalized where their people can safely talk about their, their worries and concerns with one another. Cause sometimes it can feel very divisive. Like, oh, the board doesn't get us. They don't know how hard it is here. And the board is thinking like, why aren't they hearing us? You know, this is not the right strategy. And there, there's like, can sometimes be that friction. And it's almost always just a lack of um, understanding and a lack of mutual trust. So building bridges there is, is definitely possible if both parties are willing to to listen and hear each other for the greater good of the the cause that they it's, it's you almost have to remove the the personal because it's not about personal leadership positions it's about um where does this thing want to go where is our mission pulling us what do our people need and who can help bring this to life uh in a very uh in a very calm, wonderful, peaceful way, which teams don't always experience. So uh, it sounds a little esoteric right now, but it, it is in its, in oh, strategizing it. it, it makes it, um, it, it, it has to go past the strategic plan though. It has to go past the big vision. It has to be, you have to see the human constantly that has to deliver that vision on both sides, because um, I don't know that staff always know the weight that a board carries, which is a board is legally responsible in lots of ways and advisory ways. They, they feel the weight of their advisory position and the staff and the CEO feel the weight of, of being the face of the organization. It's, it's a very, they're very um, heartfelt yet there's a lot of gravity it, in all in all the people delivering um, products and services and that that support people who need them. I mean, it's it just seems like um, a very heavy thing sometimes if teams aren't working together. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, that's so important to be on the same page. And like you said, I like it too that 
Um, to also look at the positive, like a lot of them have grown up together. They've been, you know, the founders and the ED have been on there since the beginning. And, you know, they have like raised this entity, then it kind of the nonprofit then kind of like you're saying, it doesn't become the personal, uh, their personal identities, but the nonprofit has become its own identity. And how are we raising mm-hmm. a baby together? Yes, yes, absolutely. And what does our baby want to become? You know, sometimes we, sometimes it becomes something we never set out for it to become because technology changes it or the needs of, of our service users change. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Hmm, this baby wants to be something I'm not familiar with, you know, and then it's reaching out to find the people that can support that and help you grow through that. So you're all growing together. And it's like, it can be a very intimate process if you let it be. And one that can really feel like this is my life's work. You know, it's intertwined with my growth, the organization's growth, our team's growth. It can be very, um, a very special project to work on together when you know that you're solving social problems. It's amazing. I love it. And you, and you do that a lot through uh, coaching and mentoring nonprofits and working through this process, right? With, with maybe a couple of people from the nonprofit um, to really go through this deep process and in, in changing some of these systematic and, and people issues that they may face, right? So they can overcome it and really see what that baby or tween wants to become as a nonprofit. <laughs> so it, yeah. is that how you take on clients basically through your nonprofit consulting company? Yes, that's right. That's right. So it, I, I used to do a lot of philanthropy writing. That was like my main thing that I think people found me for. I was doing content strategies for websites and, mm-hmm. um, and really thinking through the communications of nonprofits. And what I actually found is when we got down to like, to the nitty gritty to sit down to work on the communications, what we found was often, it wasn't that that leaders and organizations didn't know how to say things and they were just, they needed a writer. They actually weren't comfortable with the strategy. So like they'd contact me and be like, just, just write it. And I'd ask some questions, you know, as you would a grant, like a grant writer has to ask some really deep questions about impact and um, services and how you know they're working and how you how you know when to iterate and um, and so we would get into some deeper issues and it would actually just turn into a strategy session and so I naturally just felt like actually this is what people are asking me for they're asking me for the strategy and then once I'm in there I can do lots of writing for them um, but the strategy always comes first. So we we tend to do like a three-hour strategy session and then the ongoing in implementation, me consulting their, them or their team um, on how to, you know, bring that strategy to, to life weekly, monthly, whatever it is. Like we have a, we usually have a plan that we all stick to and keep accountable to. Um, so yeah, so so that that's how we, we tend to work. And a lot of times, I mean, sometimes it's people want to, play with ideas. People want to call me to, um, you know, to explore something like as deep as decentralizing power in the organization. They don't want to commit to it, but they want to talk about it. And it's cool because I love researching these things and I like to it's explore with them. Like, what would that look like in your organization if there were no hierarchy? Let's, let's go there. Let's have that conversation and talk about what that might look like in five years. And um, are there things we could start doing now that could start feeding into that? Well, that's really cool. Yeah. So like the whole restructuring of the actual nonprofit, that's, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. I like, and, and going to those issues instead of just like, okay, how do I write um, a marketing plan, right? For my nonprofit. Mm. So you're kind of yes. looking at, well, let's kind of see, let's ask some deeper questions and find out what exactly, what are your, 
what do you want to get from that? Right. Is that kind of where you go on that? Is like, what is the, what yeah. do you really want from this? What is the output or outcome that you're looking for? Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes the first question that I ask is like, so people come to me for communication plans all the time or uh, like donor retention plans. They, they want the plan. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, I totally was like that when I was in nonprofit leadership, I'm like, I don't have time. Someone get me a plan. Someone find me <laughs> what's going to make everything so much easier. I don't have time. Uh, but really I think getting to the bottom as quickly as we possibly can. So building trust with one another and then going deep really quickly in why hasn't, like, why is marketing, if you've come to me for a plan, it's not where you feel that something fundamentally isn't working right now. Let's go there. What's not working. Is the team not working? Are they, do you need specialist skills involved? Is it that you're just not dedicating the time is that you, you don't actually know what your people like to hear. So you're guessing and that feels really unfulfilling. I mean, that's how, when I was writing grants, I'm like, there is no rhyme or reason in my head as when I win a grant and when I don't, like I said, it was a process I truly did not understand. And it felt unfulfilling to me because I, I couldn't find a flow. Like, yes, this is a good application. It was like almost guesswork, guesswork, which is why I found you in your course, (laughs) because I was like trying to figure out the science behind it. There must be science behind this. (laughs) And, um, and so we, so we do those kind of things. We go, we go there and we just, um, in a very lighthearted, playful way, we try to step back from survival mode, that survival mode that keeps us stuck and makes everything feel very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. We just try to step back and, uh, and just explore like scientists, like, like, mm, what could be happening here? You know what? And usually by the end of it, we're like, yes, you know exactly what we're going to do. The solution has emerged and we feel ready to, to start doing the hard work to making you know, the real change and transformation in the organization, which also takes a lot of time and, and ongoing support. Um, and it's all doable. Yeah. What, what's been the biggest, like, kind of, we want, like a nonprofit can be saying, we want this, like, we want this, whatever, this plan or this template or, and then it was like, oh, wow, no, you actually need this. Like, what, has there been something yeah. like a dark example of, you don't have to say the name. Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, one of them that I think is, uh, is super cool is I love working with organizations that are, are seeking to become self-sustaining through, mm-hmm. um, through fees for service, let's say. Oh, nice. Okay. So uh, then their, their funding strategies, like their donations and grant funding is just icing on the cake, but really you know, they might have a sliding scale that is so compassionate and really like, whoa, this is a great idea. You know, like I'm, you know, work with an organization who I, I know through this, this program can make radical change in a situation that I don't want to give too much information because it will become clear what I'm talking about, but, um, that, that services that people are normally excluded from due to finances, Mm-hmm. When, there's an organization that has found a way to do away with that. And it, because it's very entrepreneurial for some leaders to think in terms of focusing the funding strategy, the fundraising strategy on, um, on fees for service. There's something almost not nonprofity about that. The, the, it feels like, yeah, but aren't we supposed to be like doing big events and plowing um, time and effort into cultivating donor relationships. And yes, these things are also compatible with this, 
but they, they, they have a golden nugget. And I just, in a strategy session, just watched like an organization come together. There was like this grieving, like a, a grieving process, like that I saw the leaders of like this feeling of like, oh, like our old strategy, the just needing a, a better advancement plan, a better communications plan, just a few more email campaigns. It was like the whole strategy shifted in, I don't know, like in a matter of 15 minutes, then everything sort of just clicked and aligned to support the strategy that was really going to like explode this um, fees for service program that I think is going to make a radical difference. And it's that's that story has so many missing parts to it of, <laughs> of what, who and what and what are they doing and I'm like no it's pretty amazing I think we're getting the gist <laughs> keep going the point being that the strategy sometimes what you think you're what you think you're sensing mm-hmm. and what I think um uh, maybe the marketing of uh salute of you know these like solutions that are like just at your fingertips, just, just one plan away, you know, it's like we we're used to outsourcing our intuition to, to other people on the internet and to like the next thing, what's the next thing in fundraising? What's the next thing in organizational management? And we forget to ask, ask ourselves, like what in our, in my intuition and my instinct as a leader is telling me that there's a problem here. And, and usually if you talk it through with friends who are experienced in the sector, you and the other leaders will land on a very similar thing. Like, ah, the reason why none of this is clicking is because there's a deeper fundamental issue that maybe we didn't want to acknowledge before. And now we found it. Now we have safe strategies to move forward and can actually radically change. It's, it's pretty cool when it happens. Um, and, and this has happened, truly, this has happened so many times where, uh, like I have contracts, like so many contracts I have started where I'm like, yes, we're starting, like, uh, yes, we're starting with that plan again. <laughs> like, I know, I know where we're going to go, but sure, okay, we can start with the communications plan. And then we go deep into the strategy and then they're like, wait, hold on. The- we're going to hold the communications plan. And we're going to now talk about a radical new strategy for recruitment or for, how we're going to use our space and monetize our space differently. It's just very, each nonprofit is so different, but each nonprofit has their, a very uh, deep, unique uh, sales proposition, if you will, that is like, that maybe hasn't been harnessed yet. And is really fun when it can be really dug up through some brave leadership. I love that. I mean, that's just so amazing to be like, you know, and I like, what I really liked how you mentioned too in this is, they went through a grieving process. And I think that's important to acknowledge that when plans shift and when you are going to something deep that is going to bring a lot of change, you know, no matter what that is, any courage that we step out in our life to do something, right? There's kind of like, it almost like hits you at the lowest for a second to be like, yeah, sure, you ready? Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's important to kind of be like, that was an idea. And, you know, it was something we came up with this, this marketing plan or communication plan. And let's kind of bury it. Let's give ourselves a minute to be like, we did put work and thought into that. And, you know, let's honor that and have a little moment of grief. <laughs> let's move on. Yes. We're going to work. I love that. Um, just that knowledge and that honoring part. Yes. That you Cause if you don't, it have- is. Yes. And I, yeah, I think it's really important when people can also see it as there's nothing wasted, no learning or experience or investment truly. 
if you invested 10,000 in a marketing strategy that didn't work, I know the nonprofit sector is risk adverse for, for reasons that, you know, are feel very, um, you know, like heartfelt for the leader is like, these are donor funds. These are, this is grant dollars. Like I don't want to do anything that's going to risk it. And I think sometimes when organizations invest, they feel this like very deep sense of guilt. Like, did I make a mistake? And it's like, none of it was ever wasted. You've learned so much in creating a, a marketing strategy that you may or may not use now or later. The, the hours that you spent on that, the hours that you spent um, working with your team, the very intangible benefits are still there. And you just, now we're moving. Like, what if you couldn't have ever gotten to this step now where you've hit on your big strategy without that marketing plan, you know, without the steps that you've just gone through? So looking back and regretting, I just think I, if I could do away with anything with it, with all of any of the leaders that I work with, it's a sense of, of guilt and regret that maybe you weren't the, the optimal steward for your donors funds. You are, you are, and you're, you're just doing what everybody has to do. You're experimenting and, and exploring and iterating and growing and innovating. And that's, I think what every donor wants an organization leader to do is to be bold and find these solutions and grow along the way. Yeah, I agree. I, I love that message. That's such a good message. Now let's kind of transition uh, the conversation a little bit. Um, we've been talking a lot about, you know, the impact on nonprofits and what you're doing. And, and but I, re- I really want to also talk to our other listeners out there who are, you know, thinking about becoming a consultant, maybe a nonprofit consultant, doing something similar to the work you're doing or writing grants or serving nonprofits. And, or maybe they're in it already, um, but, you know, they're still new at it or they're seasoned and they just want to kind of hear like more about your journey as a businesswoman. So you've been talking about your journey really with working with nonprofits, but what about on behind the scenes with Julie? (laughs) What led you into this work, you know? Yeah. um, So it's story, but I want you to share. (laughs) It's been a, honestly, a wild Ride and I'm still very much in it. So the narrative is still developing like every second. You know, it doesn't, I don't have this like, you know, 30 years of doing this thing. And I have a very clear picture of how everything happened and why. Um, I'm in the the growing and iterating process right now. And where it started was uh I I always say like I was like raised in the sector. I I intentionally entered the nonprofit sector um, from, from a young age. And I just knew it was always going to be what I was going to do. And if you ever told me I was going to be an entrepreneur serving the sector, I would have been like, nah, that doesn't sound like me. I'm going to be in it. I'm going to be on the ground. I'm going to be (laughs) delivering the solutions in my own hands. Um, and then if you would have told me eight months ago, like also you're going to be running your own business, I would have been like, yeah, with what time I have no time. I have babies. I have, you know, like I, I wouldn't have been able to imagine this. So what has happened since is I, I left the nonprofit world about three years ago. I didn't leave the nonprofit world. I am a serial volunteer. I can't stop myself. And you're still, um, in, it. You're still in it. <laughs> I'm still, I was still in it. I was, uh, but I just, I just kind of had this thought when my daughter, so I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, one and a half year old. And when she turned one, I was like, maybe I'll go back to doing some philanthropy writing just for fun, maybe, maybe. And I told a friend who then um, shared something I had written on Medium. He shared it on Facebook and was like, my friend's 
going to do nonprofit writing again. So contact her. And then it just started to emerge from there. Like I couldn't keep up with it. I kept like reaching capacity, like, oh my gosh, all these people are reaching out and it, it felt awesome and wonderful, but also scary because I'm like, I, I didn't plan for this. I was, uh, like staying up till midnight, like trying to reach deadlines. And I, Holly, I know I've told you because I'm like, I, so a lot of people were contacting me for philanthropy writing. And a lot of that was, they wanted me to write their grants for them. And I was like, I had a, you know, a track record in the past with other working within nonprofit organizations where I had one grant. So I'm like, I can totally do this. And then I started and I'm like, I gave myself a goal. I was going to write 10 grants this year. That's what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. in my spare time. And, uh, and then I'm like, I need a course, I need to figure it out. And I did a lot of shopping around, but it was truly your authenticity and your brand and the way that you were like, yeah, this is not easy, but I'm going to walk you through it. And I'm like, totally, you're going to walk me through this, Holly, I'm going to do it. And I did like, I used all the tools and, and I just realized like, I'm exhausting myself. I was like literally at the dining room table writing grants while my babies were sleeping. And I had a jar of open peanut butter and M&Ms. And I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) This is stressful, man. I had to stress eat through it all. And, um, and I just started to feel like, okay, okay. I've reached capacity. I'm here. I, I sort of felt like, like that strategy that, you know, like, like grieving, grieving the loss of a strategy that I thought was going to be my thing. I felt like, okay, I understand grants now. That's great. I am going to not do grants anymore. And I'm going, no, I don't do that. And it's not serving me. So I reached out to people that I knew did grants and I'm like, please help me help these leaders that I love. Um, I don't want to leave them hanging. And let's like, and then I just, it would, that was the beginning of me starting to feel my way through what am, where, where is my zone of genius? What brings me joy? What do people need, want, and will pay for? And, um, that, that I can really do well. And I, I just started to uh, adapt and grow capacity, like inch by inch, literally daily, like daily stretches of time. I was like, okay, I can take on a little bit more and a little bit more. And I moved to a co-working space and I, um, reached out to more leaders. And I just started saying yes to pretty much everything I could within reason. And then felt immediately like, okay, is this working for me or not? And then would iterate again and again and again, until I started to feel like, actually, I love what I'm creating. I love the people that I'm working with, the people that are finding me. I just feel endlessly grateful and really energized by my work. And I'm not (laughs) sitting in front of like a big jar of Nutella with a spoon. (laughs) I'm at night. Midnight. I'm okay. Sometimes I'm there at midnight um, <laughs> with a glass of wine celebrating, but it's not the same energy. <laughs> no, I, I totally love that. Um, you know, just being sincere and honest about it because that is a place where a lot of people think they have to be as an entrepreneur. Oh, I have to do the late nights. I have to do the peanut butter. Um, <laughs> and I just have to work through it. And if I don't work through it, then that means I haven't succeeded or whatnot, mm. right? There's all these kind of like false things thrown at us. And sometimes that is a place where we need to be at midnight working like once in a while. Yes, yeah. there's real life, right? But if you're consistently mm. there and you're consistently feeling like, oh, I'm just doing the thing because I should I feel like I should do the thing, 
but I'm not really examining what's working for me Um, for my lifestyle and for who I am as a person, then it can be really self-defeating. And eventually you're going to face a wall, you're gonna hit a wall, right. With all of that. mm -hmm. And then it can be, Oh, I, it was, it's me that didn't work where that's not the case at all. So I know we kind of talked totally. really on this going kind of deep as, as Julie does, but we kind of talked about this, but I want to, I want to kind of like just go in a little bit deeper. Like I love how you heard the red flag and can you kind of talk about what that is? Because I think that as an entrepreneur, right. As our freelance uh, consultants out there, we are entrepreneurs and we don't recognize the red flag sometimes. And that can really lead us to mental health issues, health issues, wellness issues, yeah. like all these kind of things. So what did, was there something, cause it sounds like you got to stop yourself pretty quickly before you got in too deep, yeah. but how did you kind of like really pivot and have the courage? Yeah. To do that? Mm-hmm. Well, for, For me, I mean, I totally agree. And I think the people that the nonprofit sector attracts to serve it are some very compassionate, loving, empathetic humans who who probably err on the side of going too far into endless helping, maybe even in a codependent way, right? Like we're like, I can't watch them suffer. I'll do anything. Like that's how I feel about my leaders. Sometimes I want to fix it all. I want to take all the, the hurt and like hardness away from them. I want to do it for them. Mm -hmm. And then I have to stop back and think like, where, where is the, the true beauty of this process is that it's that we get to be in the messy together. We get to grow past it and we don't have to fix it. We can just feel it and know that there's like a need to create strategies and, and, and like you say, pivot. So one of the things that I think is really hard when you're an entrepreneur is being your own brand comes with like this feeling, this weight of like, you know, I have to be something that's consumable, that that's easy to understand. And that people already want and are doing, and I can role model like, or I can model their their behavior, but it is important to also think like, um, what do I have that's unique within me? And if I'm feeling this stress and tension, I'm probably not doing that thing. And for me, I have two children that I really want to show that becoming an adult is not boring. It can be super fun. It can like your work can be play and it can be incredibly meaningful to you. And so those red flags to me were like, I'm not going to be the parent that's stressed. That's what I would tell them. I'm not going to be stressed all the time. I'm going to, when they see me on a work call, they're going to see me smiling and they're going to see me excited instead of they're going to see me with bags under my eyes the next morning because mommy couldn't get her act together to get a grant deadline in because (laughs) it was so hard for her, (laughs) but real. (laughs) And, um, and I think, and I think that it's just like being unafraid, not being hard on yourself and telling yourself that you have to have it all figured out in the beginning that, Oh no, I like, I was really nervous about that too. Cause I invested in resources. Like I invested in learning about grant writing and I was going to be, you know, a grant writer. And I told people, you know, I told my husband, like, this is what we're doing. I want to, you know, invest in this and I, I'm going to do these 10 grants. And then when I'm like, Oh no, like he's going to think like, I'm, you know, I'm pulling the plug on these things. I'm not accountable. I'm being flaky or like, I just had to drop all that and be like, no, Mm -hmm. for real, there's something important here that I'm doing and I deserve the time and space to play. And it's not mistakes. It's like learning, it's failing quickly, learning quickly. So that in five years, you have exactly what you want. 
And that doesn't come overnight. And you, these first few years have to be about allowing yourself to, to explore like a scientist. A scientist makes mistakes on purpose so they can see what's like, not mistakes, they're not mistakes. They're just like experiments. This, we're, I'm in a constant evolving experiment. And if I allow myself to think like that, it's not so heavy and hard. And there's ways to, to do it where you minimize risk, where you're not, you know, spending all your family's money and then like, oops, that didn't work out. You're like, you can take very calculated risks mm -hmm. and iterate quickly and, and talking to friends and connecting with others who are doing it well that you admire, just be really bold and reach out to them and be like, will you talk to me for a little bit and tell me how you've done that? And it can start to feel like, yeah, I'm not alone. Even those people that I admire so deeply started out exactly where I am right now, like nervous and afraid and, um, and insecure and doubting themselves. Like wait, nobody skips this messy. Nobody skips nobody the does. messy part. Yeah. No, I love that. I, I love that. You know, and, and just how you talked to, uh, originally about to your nonprofits who may have bought that marketing plan, invested $10,000 or whatever and change it. And then they feel like, oh my gosh, I lost this money or I won't get the ROI on it or whatever. It's not the case. Like you said. So even for yourself, when we're learning about different things, like, and, and you guys, almost any entrepreneur and a lot of us are yes people because our services kind of evolve and grow as our clients do. And as the clients that come to us. So if you have a client that comes to you and they're like, hey, can you do this? And you're interested in it, even if you've never done it before, you're like, sure, I can do that. And you're going to learn how to do it. And if you like doing it, you're going to keep doing it. And you don't yep. like, you know what? I tried that, did that, didn't like it. But now, like you said, I'm going to reach out to other people who actually do do it. So I can just refer that service out or I can subcontract them. I can still offer that in my, you know, portfolio, but I don't necessarily have to do it. Right. So yeah. there's definitely, or I'm just going to cross that off completely and be like, no, I don't do this. Here's other people that do. So I think there's a lot of beauty and clarity that just keeps coming for that as an entrepreneur, right? You're like, now I'm more clear. Now I'm more clear. My messaging becomes more clear. My brand becomes more clear. You know, um, I know when I first started, I was just like, anyone who wants to write grants. And now it's become a lot more clear. We have a lot of more people who want to become a freelance grant writer, a freelance nonprofit consultant that listen to the show, right? So, um, and really serving them a lot and being more clear in how we're delivering that. I love your story too, to share with them. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I think that there's so much beauty in that knowing what to take off and um, even a coach I worked with, she said, Holly, what is, you have to have a recipe of different services that you do as an entrepreneur. You have to have multiple streams of income in, in some ways, but what is that recipe to you? What feels good, mm, right? Yeah. And if you were a bad girl, what would you not do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That's <laughs> so I was like, because that's usually what you need to stop doing is what you would do if you were bad. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, super good. Yeah, and that actually, as getting myself a strategy coach, a business strategy coach was was also pivotal for me for me because just like um, there's a, the leaders that I work with, they all they all have in them the solutions. I don't like bring like, Oh, there's your, your, right. you know, million dollar solution. It is in them. And sometimes it just, you just need to clear away some of that messy, like from the outside, because I'm not there and on the battlefield with them, I can see like a higher perspective and we can um, work 
through it differently. The same thing with me. I was like, I am coaching. Like I am a consultant for a living and I can't do it for myself right now. Why am I not seeing the bigger picture? And when I reached out, but truly it's because, you know, my life was happening around me and I couldn't work out what was the priority and um, where were missed investments and, and, you know, what, how could I really stretch my most limited resource, which was my time without tipping the balance where it was going to harm my family or um, harm my health. Like I really needed a friend to talk it through with and a friend that was like knowledgeable. And so when I got, a, you know, myself a business coach, I was like, yes, like I just needed these high level reminders. I needed to be the CEO or the executive director of my own being yep. <laughs> to remember what choices I wanted to make in an intentional way. I'd always been so intentional in my career. I always made very um, intentional decisions of which nonprofits I worked with and how I went about it and the roles that I created for myself. And, and I wanted to continue that. I didn't want to lose myself in survival mode because I, here I am my own brand and now I'm like scared. So it was like really getting perspective again and, and, and like driving, just continuing to little bit every day, drive in the direction of the dream that I have five years from now that I don't even know what it's going to form to be truly, but I know that it's going to have the elements of joy and, um, and sustainability that I, that I love about what I'm doing today. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, us also get as entrepreneurs, we also need coaches. We also need to have somebody that have a higher perspective that has been through the race too. It's been in the ring as Brene Brown says, I always like that. Yeah. That right. It's like, so we go and we ask for, you know, advice from somebody like a friend who's not in the ring, who's not in our area, who's, who's not an entrepreneur. They may give us very different advice that doesn't serve us. So it's Mm. really like reaching out to those people who have been in, you know, something similar to what we're doing, but maybe a couple of steps ahead of us that can really be like, okay, or just they can see, right. They have that bird's eye view that you discussed. But another, I I know another thing we mentioned before we started today, which was really cool. And I wanted to touch on this before um, we get off today is to talk about, um, now we talked about the nonprofit. We're working as a nonprofit, and now we're all of a sudden a lot of people. You're a nonprofit strategy consultant, so it even has a word nonprofit in it. But you're not actually mm-hmm. a nonprofit organization, right? Mm-hmm. So you are a for-profit um, corporation that you know you've developed. Um, so um, and my connection's just a little unstable. So hopefully, guys, this all stays together. <laughs> but, um, so just and we talk about that because I think we were both saying, oh my gosh, that's where a lot of entrepreneurs might get stuck is because they're in this nonprofit world, but they are a for-profit. And sometimes there's mm. a little bit of blurry lines there, right? Can you kind of just yeah. that a little bit? Yeah, there's definitely. Because I think this is something that has actually been one of the biggest challenges for me is um, I, because my, my work is something that if I had, if I had all the money in the world, I would do what I'm doing today for free. It would be what I would choose to do, you know, and there's that feeling of, I'm so passionate about it and I really want to help. And there's, you know, working with organizations that might have, you know, reducing, uh, resources or dwindling resources from the pandemic or whatever. And, and it's like, there's this sense of, who am I to charge them? You know, like this isn't like, is that mean to do, you know? And, and it's, I have a feeling that a lot of freelancers who are working with the nonprofit world probably have come from within the nonprofit world. Mm -hmm. And that mentality can be difficult to separate yourself from 
when you become an entrepreneur serving the nonprofit world. And it's, it's taken me a lot of time to actually find that in myself, the reframing that I am creating a sustainability plan for myself by charging. I am ensuring that I can continue to do the work that serves the nonprofits that I know brings impact to nonprofits. Um, and in order to do that, in order to sustainably do that, I, I have to um, create that income stream for myself as I would recommend any nonprofit do, mm-hmm. any sustainability plan, any good service deserve to, deserves to be sustained and needs to be sustained. And if you're thinking of yourself as an entrepreneur, as truly delivering value to the nonprofit world and the nonprofit world truly being a grateful recipient, recipient of that, you, you owe it to yourself to get very strong and robust in, in your ability to, um, to do whatever you need to, to make your, your business an ethical, wonderful, sustainable one that is a, a str- has a stronghold in the nonprofit world where they can keep turning to you for years and years. And you're not all of a sudden back in a full-time job, you know, working in, in, I don't want to say anything because you can work in anywhere and I'm not meaning it in a disparaging way, but you want to be there for years and years if you can. And the way to do that is truly by, by knowing your value. And then, um, yeah. And then, I don't want to say asserting it because that sounds so salesy, but just letting it, letting it be the, the, the thing that um, sustains your mission. That is truly what your paycheck is, is your, your sustaining your mission. And then your mission is probably something beautiful, like helping nonprofits get the funding they need to deliver services that solve the world's problems. I mean, it's pretty like, you, you owe it, man, you owe it to the world to exist. Yeah. You're helping them get funding. So, you know, you still need to, <laughs> you need to get your own. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And, and yeah. And to just think any mindful leader um, needs to think the same way, whether it's donors funds or, or your, your own business sustainability plan. Right. Um, and it's, it is a noble thing and it's a hard thing to navigate and get yourself a strategy coach if you need one or a friend that is really compassionately understands because doing this alone is hard. Yes. Yes, it is. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so good that you're talking on this because I work with a lot of um, people that want to become freelance grant writers or freelance nonprofit consultants. And I would say that's probably one of the biggest things that they're hit with, with is how do I price? How do I, especially if I'm just starting out in this, how do I you know, and sometimes, yes, it's like, maybe you do have to volunteer for a few months so you get experience before you charge, but you need to have boundary dates. You can't just say, oh, I'll volunteer. And then a year later, you're still not getting paid after you get experience. You definitely need to put in, you know, some boundaries from the beginning. So expectations are met on both sides of that. Um, mm. But, you know, it is, it's important to know what you're worth and not always just give deep discounts because all of the stories that I hear from nonprofits are heartwarming and I would love to help everyone, but you know, it's also to figure out what you can do. So um, even in my own business, you know, I was only doing services before writing grants for clients. And then I said, oh man, I, I can't keep up with it all, right? There's so many people that need assistance. So that's why I wrote my book and then developed the courses. So then it could be more of a larger impact. Yeah. To people. 
right? So I think it's also, you don't have to write a book or courses, right? But you can figure out too, like what's something, what's maybe a document or a checklist that I can help kind of streamline through some of this or, you know, and really knowing what yeah. your work is that you are serving people um, and that you are a for-profit business um, that can be extremely ethical, right? So um, I really like yeah. that sustainability piece as well um, in yeah. that. Wow, this is, I could talk to you like all day. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so nice. It's so nice. And like I say, it already feels like I know you, like I've known you forever because like I hear your voice every day when I'm going through your courses. And yeah, it's it's awesome though. But yeah, this is, I mean, I know we were kind of like went deep and everything, but I we do have to wrap it up here and I want people to find you. Um, definitely reach out to you because I think what you have to offer is really amazing. And they can definitely find you on Julie Platts and that's J-U-L-I-E-P-L-A-T-T-S consulting.com. So definitely, right? I got that spelled right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you can you can book a free 30-minute session and um, we can we can talk through a problem that you're having now, or we can talk through um, any any issue or create a strategy, um, even if it's just for those 30 minutes and uh, don't go it alone. You don't need to go it alone, especially if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in the nonprofit world. Either way, um, yeah, having that friend is makes all the difference. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and just that outside perspective like you're talking about. So that's awesome that you're offering people a 30-minute free consultation to really kind of just, you know, kind of like lift the lid up a little bit and look on the inside and then, they, you know, you can get a really good understanding of, that would be a good fit for you to work together and just, you know, to see really, um, you know, maybe some tips as they're, as you're looking underneath the lid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. awesome. And you are based where then? In Florida, right? I'm in Delray Beach. I'm in South Florida. I'm pretty lucky. I mean, I can work outside under palm trees. It's like, pretty cool <laughs> yeah that's true that's true you understand <laughs> you're over there and then you're connecting with other people in um in our grant writing and funding tribe yes well. yes I have oh and it, yeah because if you're in the South Florida area we do a nonprofit leaders lounge in South Florida and we're going to be holding monthly events so you can look up nonprofit leaders lounge as well nice and I'll have that in the show notes so I will definitely yeah. there so definitely, if you guys want to contact Julie, um, once again, reach out to her at julieplatzconsulting.com and you can book a 30-minute uh, free consultation with her. Um, but thank you so much, Julie. This has been so fun. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's been awesome, Holly. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode with Miss Julie Platts. Uh, for all of the show notes for today's episode, please do jump over to grantwritingoffunding.com forward slash 174 so you can get all of the resources from today. And just as a reminder, we have all of the fun stuff going on in the June grant party. So you also want to jump over to grantwritingoffunding.com forward slash 174 so you can get all of the information about our June grant party. Thank you for listening today and I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.